Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the Imperial CMT podcast, where we invite professionals from all backgrounds to have mindful conversations about business and technology. I'm your host, Dhruvi. I'm the co-host, Jojo, podcast producer at Imperial TMT Club. In this episode, we have Tisham Makkad, Marketing Manager, Asia Pacific at Siemens. She mostly works on marketing software solutions, including Siemens Cloud and low-code platforms. So, Disha, thank you so much for joining us here today and taking the time. Before we kick off, do you mind introducing yourself and maybe sharing one of your fun facts with us? Hey, team. Thank you for having me here today. This is so nice to meet you girls and have a nice chat with you. Uh, to introduce myself, well, you have already shared what I do. So I'll probably take the time to explain. I am an engineer and an MBA uh, who somehow found her way to the tech industry uh, and also pursuing my passion in marketing now. And I have been working with a lot of geographies and it's been, I think, and I think that is the fun fact about me that I work with almost five time zones already. And well, it becomes challenging. Sometimes it's also equally fun. Yeah, that's, that's more or less about myself. Over to you. Thank you so much. Uh, like you just mentioned, you know, you've worked with so many different people across a lot of different geographies. Um, and also you mentioned you, you've worked in the areas of strategy, marketing. Um, and from your profile, I read you've done thought leadership as well as um, you've aided in developing a digital ecosystem. So, you know, after diving into so many different areas, what do you believe is your sweet spot or that's that place where you think your your greatest strengths and your greatest personal power lies? My sweet spot. That would ideally be to work with people, to collaborate with them. And I, I think diversity of people uh, is somewhere where I can play with my strengths because whether it's personal life or professional life, I think I really get along with people and I can understand uh, them well. And all the roles that you mentioned, in fact, they involved, you know, they, they actually were from the same job that I did, but involved so much collaboration with multiple functions. So basically, if I bucket it, it would be called as program management. I was handling multiple projects mm -hmm. and multiple projects had multiple people in it. So since I was helping to set up a digital business for Siemens, it was more or less a startup environment for us. So we had complete empowerment, yeah. lots to do, lots to manage. And obviously, it involved working, working with multiple external stakeholders, internal stakeholders. Pretty exciting. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I have met some very interesting and inspiring people through my work. And that has sort of molded me, uh, you know, through my, it, it is through my experiences and all the lovely people whom I met uh, who have ultimately motivated me throughout and brought out the best in me, no matter where I am or what I'm doing. Wow, that's that's so nice to hear. I mean, diversity in today's day and age is so important. And, you know, as you mentioned, I think everybody has their own unique strengths and they can really help you become the person that you want to be professionally and personally. So so thank you so much for that. I think that's such such an important thing. And is there something specific that keeps you going? Because you mentioned you've, you've 
done so many wonderful things over the past six, seven years that you've worked with Siemens. Um, and, you know, and I'm sure you must have come across a lot of obstacles or a lot of challenges during these this during the course of your career. So is there something specific that keeps you going? And do you mind sharing that with us today? <laughs> this this is not an easy one. Uh, let me tell you that, uh, because I, I feel see all of us always in life. It's it's never a straight road. It's a curvy road for us. And whether it's personal space or professional space, especially with the lockdown and COVID having come in, I think all of us had to go through a lot that we never even imagined that we we will have to do this. We will have to do that. So so yes, it's been difficult for all of us. And and for me, uh, to be honest, for you know whenever there is a huge challenge in front of me, I take a reality check and I think of who I am today. And who do I want to be in future? And how would my future self handle this particular challenge? And that's what I try to do, because we need to be really close to our feelings. Yes. And also close to knowing who we are. And that really helps me, you know, uh, accept happiness as much as I can accept any sort of sadness or anger. Uh, you know, we, I, I, we need to embrace the feelings that we have within us. I think that would be the you know first thing that I would lead with. And then I would bring up something, you know, that we also follow professionally uh, within Siemens is that we do not fear failure. We learn from it. Yeah. Basically, life is dynamic. We try, we succeed or fail. If we fail, we try again. Uh, if we succeed, we go for the you know next challenge that's ahead mm-hmm. of us. So it's the only way I feel it to, for us to develop a lasting confidence in ourselves to not fear failure. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's great to hear. So after mentioning all the challenges before COVID-19 and after COVID-19, could you maybe share with us some of the projects you are most excited about? So I recently, uh, you know, uh, it's it's been almost a year now that I've been working as a marketing uh, manager at Siemens. I have right now my 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 plate is full of some lovely projects, and I think you girls will really like to hear about it. Uh, one of them is how you know, and it's the most important one that for B two B marketing, that's what I'm doing. It's B two B for tech solutions, uh, and how do we make it more effective? Uh, and result oriented for our sales because ultimately when we do marketing we bring in a funnel to to the company and how can sales utilize this funnel so that they can have engaging conversations uh with our customers overall so that's a, a project that we are on uh, that is ongoing and the, the the other two that i want to mention is uh, there is one project which I'm doing with Siemens HQ, and that project is, you know, about Venifon Siemens Award. So, when, so basically, it's a it's a project where we recognize projects from all over Siemens, and trust me, it's a huge uh, corporate. So there are a lot of projects every year. And those that are in line with company vision and contribute uh, towards a customer and society, this is the biggest recognition that they can get. So in this project, I am the category owner for digitalization and IoT. And I interface with Siemens leaders uh, to evaluate all these technology projects. The third one, which is really close to my heart, 
is related to diversity. So I'm part of Women Impact Network at Siemens Software, uh, and that is one of our employee resource group to promote diversity uh, within the company. And here I am a community lead right now working for a strategy for FY23, uh, which for Siemens begins in October itself. So we really need to gear up on what we're going to do, how we're going to do. So that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really impressive to hear about your project in marketing department. But I see you have worked at least four years in business development. Am I right on this? Yes, yes, you are. Okay. Yeah, sure. So when you are working at business development, is there any part you feel that has the steepest learning curve? Oh, oh yes. <laughs> like I said, when I was working in the business development, it was literally like setting up a business from scratch. So it mm -hmm. involved one person or, you know, uh, to coordinate with multiple people. Not just that, it also involved a lot of parallel projects. Uh, related to parallel functions. So one has to do, we have to do for our own department marketing. We have to think of sales. We have to think of how to enable the current sales of the organization so that we don't have to develop, you know, new skills from within. We need to train ourselves for the same. Uh, then th there is an aspect of thought leadership. How do we communicate to the external world uh, about our overarching vision? You know, something beyond just marketing through different channels. So that involved a lot. And I think this, the steepest learning curve for uh, me came in when I had to align with our senior management for a digitalization strategy for, you know, the entire country. And of course, I had my team members uh, helping me and pushing me through it and also my mentors. But working for that you know, interacting with the senior management, interacting with our sales on a daily basis. I understood how there is a, you know, we have a vision at the top and how can it actually execute at the bottom? We have to do that, you know, like I said, a reality check that is very necessary. So th there, this whole thing was visible for me. And I think that brought in a lot of learnings for me personally. And hopefully I could contribute, you know, also to the company, uh, thanks to all these learnings effectively. Mm -hmm. So if we are asking you to give a, like a short uh, bullet point to for people or young professional to get up to speed quickly, what will you put in the bullet points? The bullet points, uh, the first one would be networking, and that would be all in caps. Yes. And the reason for that being that especially in, you know, now the, as we say, the future of work is changing. We don't know how much we will be in the office space anymore. It could be that we are doing remote roles. So networking is really important. We don't have to shy away from coffee chats. If we find somebody interesting, we see in a company newsletter somebody talking about a particular topic and we want to reach out to them, we reach out. And people are generally very open to talk and share their thoughts. It's just that we need to take first step, especially with you guys. Now, you know, fresh out of college, you'll be joining the corporate. This is a must, I would say. And this is something that can help us find good mentors in future good mentees as well within our own organization brings us closer to our to, to our own environment that the that the office or the corporate presents um another bullet point that i would uh, like to add is to learn yes because in today's age we can't just expect to have 
you know, just enter a corporate environment and not learn. Because if we don't learn, we will, anyway, yeah. us and our team, the entire thing, we will all fall behind because things are changing so fast. We really need to, you know, be up to date. And sometimes it may happen. We are more up to date than our team members. Then we need to share that learning, which we know so that all of us com our combined impact is huge uh, together uh, because that's how it works. Kind of going off of your previous um, point, Tisha, where, you know, you were talking about networking and just, you know, being being really strong in the face of change. Um, what skills would you say are extremely important to succeed in tech, but as a marketer? Because normally a lot of people are nervous to enter the tech industry, just like, oh, a lot of coding, a lot of numbers, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but as a marketer, what do you think would be some success, successful skills that you think we should master? Being in marketing, I think communication skills are something that we can start off with because that is definitely required. One has to uh, interface with sales. One has to interface with strategy unless you are also doing marketing and strategy in the same role. Uh, uh, and then comes the part where you execute. So you need to understand your buyers. And for that, one needs to have some, let's say, we need to know how to research because we need to know how the what are the market trends. How is a buyer acting today? What is what is this buyer's preferences? Do they prefer online? Do they have online touch points uh, mm -hmm. or do they prefer human interface? And that's what we bring ultimately. Yeah, that's our role. Uh, that would be, you know, the main two, a few, few skills. Uh, mm -hmm. But then also I would I would uh, say result orientation that mm -hmm. we need to imbibe and that's that's something that i think we can foster only by working towards it because it doesn't sometimes we need practice for that so the more work we do the more time we spend in our corporate the more we you know learn this particular skill but result orientation is a, the key because then you can see how far you have come along in a particular project or in a particular role and what do you need to do to yeah. improve certain aspects of your job or your your in your personal life if you're doing a particular project so that really helps you have a status check yeah mm -hmm. it's definitely true i do have a follow-up for this real quick in terms of marketing and tech do you normally adopt a product focused outlook or more of a customer centric outlook so this is an easy one so customer obsession is the sort of you know the focus for marketing in B2B tech, and it has to be. And I'll, I'll tell you, well, I'll, I'll just, you know, get into it a little bit to explain to you how we do it. So for us, the target industry is manufacturing industry, as we call it. How do we ensure that our content, our marketing practices are standing out? That is a challenge that every marketer is facing today uh, in any industry. So for us, we usually follow uh, a particular buyer's journey for and for that we need to have personas for each industry we have a buyer's persona for example the head of the company would have different habits and different choices and different needs than a production manager who is sitting in the factory yeah. their habits are different their choices are different and their demands are also different so mm -hmm. how do we ensure that our content the correct content is, pre is presented to the correct person at the current time right that is one of the focuses and for that we follow a buyer's journey and that basically includes you know educating 
uh, with particular assets and assets in our terms would be it could be a, a white paper it could be uh, uh, you know a video recording which talks about the products it could be a particular webinar that we are planning so this ranges there is a huge range of touch points that are possible yeah. Yeah. and like i said for for all these buyer journey maps to be effective they need to reflect the buyer's need for a variety of interactions both human and non-human so as marketers we need to understand the full buyer's journey and prepare to deliver a variety of interactions to give the buyers what they want and that's what we ultimately end up doing right thank you for your sharing i think the skill sets and the insights you shared is really important for marketing students like julie and me next i feel tech still plays a vital role in the business growth and efficiency over two years after the first lockdowns were introduced the company worldwide are still uh, struggling to establish a new normal but now we kind of hear a lot of new terms like web3 and the metaverse it, it seems mm -hmm. they are shaping company's brand and product strategy just want to ask do you think marketing practices have evolved for the tech industry um if so in what ways it definitely has evolved in fact one of the key things uh with us is that we moved purely digital just before covid so that worked uh, in our favor and then what we realized is that and you take up any any sort of data right now today any person who's working in a corporate is spending almost 80% of their time it ranges from 60 to 80% of their time online on a certain device whether it's the laptop or ipad or phone we cannot just stay away from it and to utilize this a particular device and their interactions is really the key and how marketing practices are evolving is that these touch points i was referring to buyer's journey before and now i will talk about a little bit about the touch points and the demand waterfall we need to understand the audience and to understand the audience we need data and for marketing itself there are a lot of softwares out there uh there are a few that Siemens uses there are a few that are generally out there i mean you guys would also have studied about digital marketing and social media marketing where we have automated insights even if as a user today i boost a post on instagram i get a very nice report after a week of boosting my particular post of who has visited whether this particular content has led me to have more followers whether right. it has helped me to get more clicks or likes you know there's so many aspects to it so mm -hmm. as a user uh, a lot of good softwares and good data crunching is there and the main key difference is data driven decisions that's mm -hmm. what's working uh, for us and that's what working that's what is working for everybody actually because if we do not have the correct data we will not be able to understand whether we are what we are doing is effective or not yeah i was just going to say you mentioned the buyer's journey you mentioned how you know customer obsession is so important tailoring your your marketing to the buyer's journey is extremely important so when it comes to the different touch points i guess the different stages in the buyer's journey would you say that it's important to have marketing materials curated for each stage and and how does that work for example in siemens yes yes you're right so i will not deep dive too much into what we do in siemens i'll just talk it about it as a general practice 
but yes so for example if we have every every corporate has a lot of content right in terms of this is our this is our solution a deep dive into it uh, uh, an overarching story about a particular solution a few case studies for a solution yeah. so let's say you want to first educate your buyers you know you just want to tell them that hey we also if this is your need we also have something to cater to it mm -hmm. so that would be the stage of education and over there you would use uh, maybe some blog posts or right. maybe some sort of ebooks or white papers which talk in general about the need and the trends in the market and mm -hmm. the implications for the industry what are the various possibilities that are that are that can happen in the industry and then hint upon the solutions which also the company can offer where you're mm -hmm. just educating your buyer about the industry the market you know where it's going and what sort of solutions could be good and yes mm -hmm. we also can offer them that would be you know something that 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 we would follow and then yeah. comes solution that's the second stage where now you do a deep dive into the solution so for example i am handling software marketing so it would be about this particular software so if we have now interest from the blog post ebook or white paper uh, mm -hmm. which was you know an overarching story now we go actually into the solution so dhruvi mentioned that you know i also uh, am part of uh, taking care of the cloud and the low code uh, products of siemens the platforms that we have so then we would talk about these platforms what can they offer in in detail what are the various applications that they they that they can support what is the architecture behind this it products uh, right. what other products can these particular platforms interact with some connectors if they have any so what what are the number of developers on these platforms already uh, and why are they so good so then we talk about the solution as a second stage where we then uh, if somebody has an interest in cloud before we told them how the market is evolving uh, and the trends in it the implications in it the possibilities in it and then we talk about the solution and then will come the third stage now if somebody has already shown interest in the first two touch points then we go to the selection phase where right. basically <laughs> we talk about a case study that you know you are in let's say fmcg mm -hmm. and you have used uh, and, and you are my target audience then i would show you another customer who's in the same industry who's utilizing the solution to get the best maybe they are saving their time through it their efforts through it they're saving costs through it and i would show you the benefits that somebody else has right. also been taking which maybe you are also looking at as your target kpi but you didn't know whom to choose and that's when we close this because the moment uh, we we talk about the benefits we we have their interest completely because they were educated our buyers they saw the solutions now they are at the selection stage and and at which point either they can have a direct interaction with sales now to know more because basically their interest is now at the peak because they know now everything about the industry about the solution about its benefits and yeah. now they want to know what how can they apply it for themselves mm -hmm. so that's the basic you know and this is done through various touch points both digital and it usually gets physical as we 
go ahead in the buyer's journey because at education stage it may be that you know we are just using online touch points mm -hmm. in the solution stage maybe we bring in a webinar uh, you know a virtual webinar or something yeah. where we can talk about the solution yeah. at selection stage it gets completely you know more human because that is the interaction that is valued the most i mean yes. you and i would also buy something when somebody actually sits down and explains its benefit to us yes it interests to read about it but we also need that touch point uh, from the company right right no that is extremely informative and i think you also mentioned the demand waterfall i think that was very very intriguing is it possible to kind of elaborate on what exactly that that entails in your company or just in this context so demand waterfall actually you know it's something that i would definitely advise that after our current call you guys definitely google a little bit about b2b marketing because there are these interesting topics which may ultimately help you with your corporates as well because it's it's really interesting and i understand uh, you know why uh, you would you you would want to know more about this so see now within demand waterfall i'll just try to explain it briefly because otherwise it may turn into a technical session which we try to avoid uh, right now yeah. but the demand waterfall basically is like of you think of a funnel yes you know which which is really wide uh, at the first stage and really and gets less wider as we go in each stage and right. there are these multiple demands any buyer would have so and and this demand waterfall has basically you know in a way we can also say revolutionized how b2b marketing works so right. initially let's say we call it inquiry yes anybody who shows any interest on any asset would mm -hmm. be uh, an inquiry or a lead as we say it and that could come from inbound and outbound uh, marketing so that first part of demand unit waterfall would be called as the target demand demand that you want to target yes we target this particular demand because we see that there is there are 10 people maybe googling about particular thing we need to ensure those 10 people see what we have to offer because they are anyways looking for it yes so if whether it is our our target ads or it's seo or it's maybe on a magazine article but they need to see it because they are curious about it so that's the demand we target then there's something called as active demand so we suspect and we active demand and engaged demand for me go connected it's actually two different things but for for you know i see them a little bit connected because here we are suspecting the interest because okay these are the two things you clicked at so maybe i know now uh, what is your particular interest and then we engage with you in 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 a connected manner so after the first touch point you know maybe maybe you clicked on an asset which was directly a case study which for me actually comes in later in the buyer's journey but right. hey that tells me your interest is in this solution now i need to ensure that you you know all about it so that you can make a good decision for yourself and that's called you know that is like, like active and turning it into an engaged demand right then comes prioritized demand which means we evaluate so now it could be that you know every day there is so much uh, so many assets that we have that get so many clicks now mm -hmm. how do we know the people who click are the relevant audience it could be that maybe for a student who's researching for a project 
looked up a particular case study, but the system thing should not think that they are are right. they are going to buy that solution. Yeah. They are only reading about it. Right. Yes. So to make that differentiation between the buyers, we have AI within you know with us. We also have teams. We have agencies who help us qualify these demands uh, that come in, and that then it turns into qualified demand. Right. And after that, once it's qualified demand, once we know, yes, this is particular industry, this is the particular persona, and yes, we were targeting them uh, for for with a particular asset, yeah. they become a pipeline for sales ultimately. Okay. And how I initially said, right, that one of my projects is to make B two B marketing more effective for sales. So yeah. that this is how we connect that that through the above demand pillars that I was talking about, we yes. ultimately. you know it closes down at the pipeline stage okay wow this was very detailed and honestly very very <laughs> helpful desha thank you so much and um another question that i had was um kind of a a, a wrap up so just how has tech impacted your personal space as well as areas of your work so industry 4.0 for example and are there any best practices that you believe can be applied by by us to do better at corporates oh that's a good one <laughs> i and to be honest for personal space i swear by apple ecosystem uh, because i see how e- the ease of information travel right uh, with the apple ecosystem is so cool and uh, but yeah but then again that is something that depends because i would not contest on a particular os it's just my personal personal opinion that i really prefer it mm-hmm. uh, but then in a personal space i think i would have some really good tips for you because as a person also i'm very organized yes whether it's uh, i'm doing i'm cooking at home tomorrow morning i would already know you know have to plan ahead for it right. make a list for it's it a uh, same I'm... way for uh, professional uh, you know work as well and mm-hmm. there i would leave you guys with a few things that have really helped me in the last few years because mm-hmm. as i worked more and more my mm-hmm. projects got more complicated they increased as well so to handle these parallel projects and also to you know because initially whenever we joined right after college Mm-hmm. there is you know it takes us time for us to get those projects so we have enough time and i would like you guys to utilize that time to learn about your own corporate and there will be channels training channels for you there but right. the thing that helped me the most is something uh, which is two things actually i want to uh, bring out for you is visual thinking mm-hmm. which is basically how do you visualize uh, what you have in your mind can you translate what is in your mind effectively and easily on a piece of paper right and uh, that's what it is whether you have an ipad with pen or a drawing sheet with a with a sketch pen yeah. it's it's that easy to do uh, but then to translate your thoughts simply and effectively that is a skill that will take you to places right. uh, because it's something that doesn't come naturally it's something that you need to train yourself yeah and uh, visual thinking has really helped me with that and it's directly connected to the second topic which i actually started off first but now it makes more sense and it's design thinking yes human centered design whenever we do anything whether we are in tech industry yeah we are doing a technical project all together you know to launch of a particular product Mm-hmm. or we are in marketing any new project that we do 
we need to think about the human aspect of it right. the people whom this is targeted for whether you know it's uh, any project we are talking about how are they going to perceive it have we done a stakeholder mapping who will be all the stakeholders have we thought about what are the good the bad the potential aspects of it do mm-hmm. we have a project plan for it will there be you know what would each stakeholder think about when we present this project plan to them is it just my perspective or is all our perspectives captured in it that's what it helps with and i think these two things combined visual thinking and a uh, human centered design they for any project it is definitely you know you get an assurance that it will be successful if yeah. not you know you 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 cannot obviously guarantee success in the initial stages but you know that if you have thought this through it's going to go places and you're going to evolve with your project every time right. you do this and right. that you know i think is really helpful another thing which is very basic i think you guys may already be using it but that's like using a planner tool for your basic to do tasks because yeah uh usually sometimes we write sometimes we don't sometimes we really have a good habit of taking notes and you know planning our day but when we get really busy uh we think oh i don't have enough time to write my notes uh yeah. i don't even have the time to make a to do list but that's when you when you really need it it takes hardly 2 minutes yeah exactly you can get yeah. any nice app there are so many free apps there uh out, out here and both on android ios and even on windows all you need to do is just capture like you think of something just take a note of it and this again is something which will set you apart in your future organizations because uh this will ensure that you always do what you commit yeah you will not miss it at any point of time yes we are humans there may be some errors sometimes there may be some misses sometimes but this will ensure that you are very organized you whatever mm-hmm. you are saying in a particular meeting or committing for a particular project you are actually you remember that you can deliver on, on it or not that is not a priority but you remember it you know about it you are aware about it that's what really matters because then you can handle it accordingly these are yeah. some amazing transferable skills disha that you just mentioned and i think it's so important you know to develop these because i mean it's like oh being organized sure i'll just buy a planner but do you end up using the planner <laughs> not really so i think you know it's really important that you stick to routines and you know use this whether it's in your personal life or in your professional life and i think that's definitely something that you know i've i've seen you work and that definitely sets you apart so um no that that's really interesting to hear i agree yeah i think the two skill sets you mentioned visual thinking or uh, design thinking are extremely important for young professionals I was thinking after sharing all these industry-wise insights as an expert in both marketing strategy and business development any career tips for young students like something you wish you would know right after college for anyone who would like to dive into marketing or business development as their first jobs first jobs I would say the first thing do not take too much stress you know sometimes when we enter an organization and you know almost everybody is better than us right because they've been there before it it's somehow we lose confidence that oh i'm not good enough and never 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 ever you know i would say that my first tip would be it's fine to not know things if that is why you are in an organization now you're surrounded by amazing people take make the most of it you know and uh, initially when i was talking about the challenges we have faced i also spoke about gratitude 
I, I hope I did. But then, you know, if uh, gratitude is something that we need to imbibe. And I started this a little bit later as a practice because I didn't realize its value. You know, we, we, we take it for granted that somebody is, if they're, they're helping us, you know, it's, it's just that they're nice. But, but perspective makes a lot of difference in life. And sometimes we are so busy counting our, our troubles rather than our blessings. But yeah. this ability undermines, you know, this attitude undermines our ability to draw from the good that we have been given. So my major tip would be to practice gratitude and to be open to learn. Always be open to learn. Uh, you know, we would feel that we are masters of a particular topic uh, because, you know, we have we are well read. We have had experience in it. Uh, but that but that should also we should also remember to be humble about a knowledge and be respectful with others. Uh, that is the key because we can never be, let's say, master of everything. There'll always be one topic that will come in front of us, which we do not know about. So if we know about something and we don't know about something, it's all OK. We embrace it and we make the best of the knowledge that we have and the knowledge that we want to gain. And for that the corporates these days offer a beautiful environment that we must be open to leverage. It should not threaten us. It should only encourage us to be better and to be like the people whom we are witnessing or whom we get inspired from. Yes, that's 100% so true. And I'm sure everyone who's listening to this right now has definitely been taking a lot of notes because this was very inspirational, Disha. So just to kind of summarize, we've had the opportunity today to discuss about B2B marketing and tech, especially in terms of personal development, visual thinking, design thinking, and more. Um, and Disha has given us some inspirational food for thought. Sadly, we're running out of time, which brings us to the end of our podcast. But Disha, thank you so much for being here with us today. It was an absolute pleasure to have you. And a big thank you also to Jojo, the co-host. Um, for listeners, thank you so much for listening to the TMT podcast and indulging in some feel-good insights for the mind. See you next time.